0: There's Bible verse I think about sometimes. Many times. It goes. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, who shall I send? Who shall I send? Go for us. Go for us. like a virus. I'm going to tell you the story of a prophet, a terrible prophet, probably the worst. He doesn't listen. He doesn't pray. He's a terrible preacher of the message. He throws temper tantrums. He tests God multiple times, begs for death instead of doing his job. He's an absolute train wreck, and yet I'm obsessed with this guy. And the funny thing is, you will know his name almost at the same level as Moses or Abraham. His story is a Sunday school day one lesson. They don't even get to the last chapter of the book. If you've heard the story 10 out of 10 times, they stop at the five yard line and leave out the last chapter every time learning this as an adult, not growing up in church was infuriating. So I want to do the same to you. I'm, of course, speaking of the prophet Jonah, son of Amittai. We'll get to why that's funny. His story is not for kids. It's wasted, in my opinion, in Christian and Jewish teachings as a children's tale, a veggie tale. The lessons and layers to get out of this short book are pregnant, like a Shakespeare play. And the way to get the most out of it is after reading each chapter to look in the mirror. I say that because you're going to want to judge this guy again and again, in the same way if you've read the Hebrew scriptures, you wanted to judge the Israelites in the desert questioning Yahweh over and over and over. My method of this podcast is to stand on the shoulders of giants. I have a podcast of some sort in my ears most of the day, whether it's Martyr Made, Hardcore History, The Bible Project, Naked Bible, Baymah Podcast, part of the problem for my libertarian jargon, or depending on who Rogan has on, I'll dabble with that. I'll reference a number of these as I go to make sure you know where I'm getting my info, but... The theme of this new vision of Jonah came from a Bible nerd, and he wouldn't mind me saying that, named Tim Mackey. This lesson came to me from his preachings at a church called Door of Hope in Portland, Oregon. He had a podcast called Exploring My Strange Bible that I got this from, and it was riveting. The reason I am doing this on my own is that people have told me that I have a knack for relaying a message in a vernacular that is current and helpful. I'll let you be the judge of that, so... Here we go. This will be a three or four part series on Jonah. We'll go from there. So let's dig in. So at the beginning, when I say Jonah, you say what? Jonah and the whale, right? It's about a whale, right? First off, it's not even a whale. It's a fish. and in, in Hebrew, it never even says the word whale. But that, that's the least of my problems. It is annoying to me for some reason. But you know how many sentences the fish is mentioned in this whole story? Two. Two sentences. You know why? Because... The purpose of the scripture is not to make us feel good. It's not a bedtime story. It's not a sweet tale. The purpose is to reveal to us the nature of God. It's to show us Jesus. What what's he What is he up to in this world? You can get this out of every book in Scripture. And as the great biblical scholar Michael Heiser says, read the Bible like a novel. So what do I mean by that? That means if you went to the library, I know that sounds ancient to some of you, but There was different sections. You would have a bibliography section of of fiction, poetry, nonfiction. You're going to go into that book hardwired on what to expect. What is the author trying to do to me? So keep that in mind as we go to the first line of Jonah. So here we go. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Stop. (laughs) Okay, so I know that's a quick stop. The author has given you a softball of a clue. Uh, So what type of book this is? Any thoughts? What type of people does the word of the Lord come to? It comes to prophets, right? So what's the role of a prophet? What's the main role of a prophet? The main role is to speak to the people on Yahweh's behalf. So here's something. Look at at the book right before Jonah and the book right after. Before is Obadiah and after is Micah. They're both prophets, just like Jonah. Look how these books start. Obadiah, thus says the Lord God. Now Micah, the word of the Lord came to Micah. So Jonah's right in the middle of that. And it's the same thing. It starts with, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. So, dear reader, you are reading a book of prophecy. So here's where the rub is. In Micah, what follows that sentence is seven chapters about Israel, obviously. But we don't get that in Jonah. In Jonah, the rest of the book is about Jonah. And not what Yahweh tells Jonah to do because, spoiler alert, he doesn't listen to anything. This whole book is a mess. It doesn't fit in. Maybe that's why I love it so much. You have to read the story of Jonah to get the message of God. So I'll briefly touch on this because it is an argument for biblical scholars. That's not who this podcast is for. This is for regular people who have opened their Bible, maybe the first time in a while. You read something or heard something that you liked or you really didn't like. And I want to help you wrestle that thought to the ground. But I still have to mention this. There are two thoughts in Orthodox Christian teachings as to what Jonah is. It's either a word-for-word account of a man and his encounters, i.e. Nineveh, etc. Who's the king? Where are we? Time frame. The other is that it's a parable of a true historical figure. There is no debate that Jonah was a true person. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it as uh, more like in Luke 16 where Jesus uses a real person in the form of Lazarus but does it in a parable. I'm telling you, there is room for either thought. That's not the purpose of this teaching. I'm asking you to humble yourself and not tell me what your Sunday school teacher said or your dad said or your mom said or your small group leader said. I want you to let the author of scripture tell you what you are reading. So let me know if that sounds fair. All right, some interesting things are that there are <laughs> there's no names besides Jonah in this book. They don't even say the name of the king in Nineveh. That'd be like, the equivalent of the president of the United States right now, a superpower. So, whatever view you take, that's key. The writing style of this book most closely resembles satire. So, what do I mean by satire? That means like a, an SNL skit or a comic book. Maybe I'm dating myself by saying that, but take a known figure like our previous president, Donald Trump. You know, before he became president, it's almost like a a character, and put him in an extreme circumstance. That's what I mean by an SNL skit or satire. It highlights the flaws and you know puts them on stage. Or as Jocko Willink would say in his uh, podcast or book, Extreme Ownership, it's amplified and intensified. I really like that. So you have a stock generic character, for example, a prophet of Yahweh. It's pretty standard for a Bible study. And yet in this book, it's totally backwards. He does nothing right. The pagans are the good guys. They repent like crazy. He's he's the Munson. He's the Munson of this story. It's backwards, makes no sense. It's hilarious. The -the over-the-top nature of this book are ever-present. The word huge in Hebrew is gadol. It is said 15 times in this short book. The ship is huge. The storm is huge. The fish is huge. The city is huge. Sidebar, it says the city is so huge that it would take three days to walk across. So if I'm an ancient reader... I would laugh at that and see the exaggeration. That's 45 miles, man. There's no city back then that was that big. Nineveh was maybe seven miles around, and that was huge. So there's that. Now, so Jonah, son of Amittai, by the way, that means dove, son of faithfulness, which is pretty funny for the way he acts. He prophesied that Israel would increase its national territory. If you read 2 Kings 14, that's the only other time Jonah is mentioned in the Hebrew Bible. That's a whole other podcast. Now he's being asked to preach to Israel's most hated enemy, Nineveh. This is the capital of the most brutal of ancient rulers, the Assyrians. And to Jonah's credit, this is a kind of an annoying task. The Assyrians are most famous for skinning people alive that they conquer. That's not, that's not me talking in the Bible. Like, go listen to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. These people are brutal. So, hey, Jonah, go and tell them about the abounding, steadfast love of Yahweh. So Jonah's like, screw these people, Yahweh. They're not the chosen people. This is a very human feeling. Remember, Dove, son of faithfulness. So the best part of this story is that Jonah's just like, I'm not. I'm not doing that. He literally runs away from God in the opposite direction. He goes as he gets on a ship and he gets. He heads towards the ancient world's equivalent of Timbuktu, as far as humanly possible away as being asked from the destination of Nineveh. He boards a ship and heads for Tarshish. This is the edge of the known world. It's, this is hilarious. He's like a child, yet he's the prophet. He knows you can't run from the Lord, so why? What's the point of this being included in the scriptures? Is he scared? No. I think he's resentful. I think you'll see that he knew this would work, and it makes him furious. Dove, son of faithfulness. Total hypocrisy. This is great. This is why the Bible is great. This is why you should read the Bible. The whole story is not about a whale. It's about God asking Jonah, a.k.a. you or me, to do something. You completely understand what is being asked of you and doing the complete opposite. And you are going to want to act holier than thou and judge Jonah to death. But then you have to look in the mirror and see that you have done this over and over and over. So, what God's planned for our life and what we have planned for our life are usually at odds. And we are always surprised by this. Competing visions. We know we are being called to grow and spread the message and we run. We shrivel. We have the interaction with a friend, a relative, a co-worker. We push it down and we move on with our lives. We have a job to do. We have a mortgage. We have kids. We have a marriage in trouble. We have a tough family. You don't get it. I'm busy. And here is the story of Jesus saying, I know. I get it. Follow me. And I will give you a chance to participate in something you can't possibly imagine. I will make you more human than you think being a human can be. If you will just trust my instruction, give my way a chance. This is the story I want to get into. So if this has any relevance to you and your circumstance, in your story, I want you to die to this story. So that when Yahweh or Jesus asks you to pivot or stop or come his way, that he only has your best interest at heart. He loves you. He's crazy about you. And I will show you how much. I am Tyler Parker and Sunday School is out.